You are listening to We Are What We Overcome. This episode was recorded remotely on the 5th of December 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you are interested, you can find this episode and others in video form on our Facebook page, We Are What We Overcome, the podcast. What you are about to hear are the ramblings and reflections of four ordinary people drawing on their own personal and occasionally professional experiences. These conversations are unprepared, subjective, and should not be taken as medical advice or instruction. Anyone seeking help should always carry out their own research, or better yet, speak to a professional about their circumstance. We Are What We Overcome on this occasion features musician Matt McGuinness, improviser Nick Tyler, media producer Neil Monroe, and psychotherapist Wes Evans. Welcome to We Are We Are Overcome. I can say that properly every day of my life. Uh, we're here once again this month and we're going to talk about empathy and understanding and sympathy and all those things that are around with that um, and see how we are. And what we normally do, which is really important, uh, even if you're not doing a podcast, just in genuinely real life is to check in on people how you are. So uh, I think we're going to go up that way to Wes. Hello, how are you doing? Good. I'm uh, I'm not too bad either. I think I've been just pretty kind of in tunnel vision for a while, actually, just kind of focused on what I'm doing day to day. Probably did a bit of a crash and a burn in recent weeks and needed to have a bit of a recoup. Um but on the right side of that and feeling pretty good at the moment how about you matt uh much better actually a, a similar sort of thing i've been going through a few weeks of just nonsense and, and um uh, that usual thing of uh not really understanding why you feel like that there's no particular reason it's not like i've lost my leg on my dog or something or whatever else um I just rubbish but the last week or two um i think with the prospect of snow that's probably what made me feel better but we'll see <laughs> neil how are you going yeah i'm good um uh sim- similar sort of had a bit of the last couple of weeks sort of feeling not 100 percent um think it's it's more just being organizing stuff but um uh, yeah, no, pretty good. I, it, I, I, I know I'm probably in a slightly better place because on uh, Thursday I accidentally punctured one of my tyres on my car, um, uh, and I had to rearrange what I was planned to do for the next few days because of that. Um, but I was able to handle that pretty straightforwardly and such. Uh, I mean, yesterday I, I had a bit of a break um, and sort of relaxed a bit, sort of laying a little bit more and sort of uh, just relaxed uh, before going and doing some admin stuff and getting the placement fire. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that, that is a good sign that the fact that I was able to go, okay, well, I can't like do what I was planning to do today and then adapt around that has been a good sign and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, yeah gen- generally good and uh, enjoying things. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm having. I, I seem to be cycling quite like two or three days of being really quite chipper, and then two or three days of feeling really quite grumpy uh, and annoyed at the world and myself and everything, uh, which is a little tiring. I find that 
a fairly quick loop of it is more exhausting than than, than I expect. I'm not entirely sure why I'm having it. I think it's, work is still very busy, which is generally a good thing. I like being involved and engaged. Um, but I, I suppose our current um, pandemic situation is not conducive to just chilling out, really. Um, and you don't really need many additional factors uh, to feel quite crap about things. Uh, so I'm finding that a bit confusing. I'm not yet sure where I am today. Um, I think I feel okay, but I haven't been awake for very long, so it's possible that I'm waiting for the um, Saturday rug to be pulled out from under me. On the other hand, we should be getting a Christmas tree, so that's kind of a win. So I, I will rely on um, retail opportunities to make myself feel better. On the other side, you've got a rug, haven't you? So that's good. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't actually. I don't even have a rug. <laughs> damn it. I've, I've used a metaphor that I, I can't then activate in real life. God damn it. <laughs> So, I, so I, I've already had the rug removed, I guess. All right, okay, I'm in free fall now. I don't know where I am. Uh, the rug's been removed, but you managed to pick everything up before it fell over off it. Yeah, it's like a magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> Sofa is still in one piece. So that's, so, a confusing, that's, that's a confusing description of where I am. Good. It's as good as any of ours, so I haven't worried about it. <laughs> We're going to talk about empathy and understanding today, aren't we? Yeah. And maybe sympathy as well. And I think the one thing I'd probably, maybe if we dive over to Wes first, because um, it's come quite clear that we all seem to have different definitions of what we've seen. Well, yeah, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people do, actually. Um, you, hear, you hear different ways of referring to empathy, don't you? Like uh, walking in another person's shoes or the old expression, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes kind of thing, and then you know where they're coming from. In uh in counselling, you'll talk about people's frame of reference. Um, but, but in person-centred counselling, empathy is one of the core conditions that a client should be offered in, in, in that kind of uh, style of counselling. So we talk about empathy a lot in counselling. But basically, it's, it's, I, I always think about empathy as just being being willing to kind of be open to another person's experience or trying to understand where they're coming from. I don't think we can necessarily always understand and feel the same feeling, but empathy is the willingness to kind of be there and be alongside them and respecting that they have their own unique experience and trying to understand it. So in the context of counselling, that's that's quite a kind of healing and nurturing thing because to feel heard and understood and respected and valued for what your unique situation is, you know, has a positive impact. What got us onto the topic of empathy and understanding initially, I suppose, was understanding where everyone's at in this current situation. Yeah, that makes sense. The current hellscape um, of, of the yeah. world. Um both sort of socially and politically, I think means that it, yeah, it certainly feels more polarized than ever, doesn't it? Um, see endless arguments unfolding uh, yeah. on television and on Facebook. That's and where my it, head went with it as well. It's everything's mm. quite divisive at the minute, isn't it? So it gets you thinking yeah. about being able to take someone else's perspective, even if it's different from your own. And so there's, yes, prob uh, there's probably a bit of a link there, you know, to have an understanding that someone else's experience is different even if it's not yeah. the same as mine. It's interesting, isn't it? It makes me think as much as much about um, empathy itself as the limits of empathy, you know, how far you can go and, and where for different people that ability to grasp someone else's position just falls off abruptly. 
um, which I'm sure we've all seen looking at their Facebook page and like, why? Why do you think that? This is madness. Um, and yeah, I, I guess for me, that's when I realized I, I've reached my limit of like, <laughs> I don't know, where, I, I don't understand where you are anymore. But then from a counseling perspective, it was probably more about, well, I know that you do see things differently. I might not fully understand all of it, but I respect that you see things differently. And I'm willing to try and understand if you explain it to me, kind of thing. Mm. You see what I mean? And I think. Oh, yeah. It's funny that actually to think about how we can think about empathy in different kind of arenas, but maybe there's a little bit of that needed in some of all of this divisiveness, actually. Instead of that's different from what I understand, rejection or what the hell are you talking about? That's not right kind of thing. Maybe people should take a little time to try and get where each of them are coming from because even if we disagree with something, I always try and remember that even the most angry or irrational or ignorant person, as it might seem on the surface, it's coming from a place of, of something I could probably relate to. And I think usually it's fear and worry and anxiety, actually. And I think that's a lot of what drives some of what we'll see being spouted around online and stuff. But Oh, no, you've listened to weird, actually. one towards the dark side, that's, uh, which makes sense. With, with, you know, a lot of this anti-vaxxers and vaccine and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, and there's quite clearly a big difference between people who are concerns about the process of the vaccine and all that sort of thing. And then there's people who, you know, who think vaccines are from Mars or whatever, where they're from. Um, but, but the understanding, regardless of that, the thing I think that's quite interesting is the people that can't see that there's a difference between the two, that they can't. You know, so I mean, I'm so I don't know where I am with it. To be honest, I'm certainly not with the anti-vaxxers, but but um, you know, the, the 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 people who are happy to take the vaccine and the people who have some concerns about it are generally the same sort of people. They're just coming from a slightly different angle, or maybe they, um, you know. So I've got what they keep calling underlying health conditions, and so maybe I'd be more interested in taking the vaccine tomorrow rather than the week after. Um, but it's, it's just a bit strange how people can't see that there is a difference between anti-vaxxers and people who have an opinion that isn't completely 100% about a vaccine. Well, it's, it's, uh, with, 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 for instance, an anti-vax thing, of course, you may... And there's historic things where, obviously, some people from specific backgrounds may have had uh, bad experiences with vaccines, and then that can historically get pulled into their worldview of going oh i'm suspicious of all this stuff um and sometimes when it's a case of they may not be necessarily fully down the anti-vaxxer route but the concern you then get is they may on social media or even in public in just chatting to people start talking about someone else talking about who is fully anti-vax and it's like you don't share those views but i i would have concerns you are now repeating them and you're repeating for stuff that isn't legitimate, but mm. and it starts to conflate it. And that concerns me, but it's a case of if I would just dismiss those people, that person potentially is going to go down that route way more, and that's more mm. harmful. So it is trying to understand why someone in any situation, if you disagree with them, why they might, and trying to not shut down the conversation, but be able to continue the conversation and try and go, okay, I don't know why you said that. Because sometimes mm. maybe the person has a concern of something and they've heard something, then if, you, if you're if you polite and chat to them, 
they might go, oh, okay, I I thought th I thought this meant this, and it isn't that. That's basically at the heart of the whole thing with mental health, and particularly, you know, we're talking to blokes about it, is that people don't empathise. So if someone has a course of action, like we were talking about yesterday, about, um, I don't know how to say it, so about a, a colleague of a friend um, who uh, was quick to um, to be angry about something with, with, with some kids. And, and obviously those kids then thought that he was just an angry person. But actually we were trying to explain that if you think about what he's been angry about, which is issues around, you know, COVID and, and health and such like, you got to understand where they're coming from. They're not an angry person at all. They're just quite sad. And and, and to me, really at the heart of the, the whole mental health thing is a significant lack of empathy or understanding with people. You know, it's easy to say, stick them in prison or, or slap them down or, or, you know, or get them away from me or do this without actually the first thought of, of why they've done that or why they feel like that. I, th I think that makes a lot of sense. When I studied philosophy, which was, in many respects, three years wasted, um, there were nonetheless some some interesting ideas in there. And we were talking about empathy in the context of like, the Greek philosophers and stuff, uh, as opposed to sympathy and stuff. Yeah, I'm something like the old full definitions of feeling other people's pain and understanding other people. Uh, we talked about how our understanding of others in general uh, relies on us creating mental models of them in our heads. Uh, which is why we're able to do things like, well, I think if I do this thing, these people will react in this way. Uh, and sometimes those models are accurate and sometimes they're wildly inaccurate. You know, we get surprised when people behave differently from how we expect them to um, because we have ultimately quite simple models of other people. I think in general, we assume every other people are like us, whatever that is, because that's a good basic model to work from. You know, I know how I work more or less. I know what's going to make me angry. So... I can assume that other people are made either angry by the same things or will respond in a similar way to, I don't know, a different set of inputs that make them rageful. Unfortunately, those models are really simple and are limited um, by a lack of context. Um, it's very hard to get a full understanding of other people. But I think what goes wrong with all those un online discussions and with respect to Neil's thing about maybe helping people through a Facebook message thread, uh, I've, I've never seen an argument uh, resolved in a positive way on Facebook. Uh, where well, have learned anything, but I think that's I, just, there's not enough information yeah. to get behind what someone else is doing. You know, it does. It's not. You're halfway through. Like, you're anti rex You're on fire. You're killing the world. There's no like. <laughs> so, did you have a childhood? Did you, um, you know, what happened to you and all of your family? This ended up with you being this way, and it's very hard to get enough of that information to complete your model where someone else's apparently wacky beliefs make sense because they clearly make perfect sense to them um and i think that's the hard thing that you know, we're stuck in different paradigms of understanding you know my universe works in this set of ways i understand these truths and these falsehoods yeah irrespective of like the physical laws of the universe which you can have opinion on but you can't genuinely um reject them because then you fall upwards and stuff and no one can do that and in counselling, that's what we would call the frame of reference, yeah? So that, sure, that, that makes paradigm sense. of understanding, yeah? So I come from my frame of reference, you come from yours. Mm. So I think, I think you're right onto something there, Nick, in that people are very, they assume that everyone else thinks like them, and then when they don't, it, there's a jar, isn't there? And 
yeah but even to a certain respect to what you were saying neil i I hear what you were saying there if we take the time to try and hear where the person's coming from then maybe we can have a discussion and then maybe they'll go oh i understand that now when i learn this my my first thought was yes but it sounds like even then there's still an undercurrent of how i'm engaging in this conversation with you because i'm trying to change your point of view or i'm trying to help i'm trying to help you see mine to fully take on someone else's perspective or respect a difference or empathize with where someone's at is to accept it and say, yeah. I don't agree with it. I don't understand all of it, but I'm willing to hear you about it. And I'm willing to respect that that's where you're at. And that's, well, what, that's um, what you think. And that's, that's something that people can probably really struggle to do because yeah. what, what, one of the frame of reference stuff that Nick was just talking about. One example, um, so I, I've I've paid a I've listened to um, I think I may have mentioned that so I've ended up being listening to World Service as a radio station quite a bit recently, and they've looked um, this year because it's divisive and you have conspiracy theories and stuff. They've looked at when there has been divisive things, and it's it's not a straightforward thing. Like historically, it's a case of trying to do one thing isn't going to solve it sometimes you do need people to say that isn't right but at times when you're trying to get people maybe to think about it it isn't necessarily saying that you are right the only way if you were to convince someone i know this is going down a convincing route but if you're just trying to convince someone especially like with a mental health situation someone uh is clearly struggling with mental health and they refuse to accept it they refuse to accept it. You can't keep saying you need to say, uh, need to see. If everyone's doing that, there's a good chance they may just walk away from everyone. The only way to get someone to accept that they need support is for they themselves to make that decision. That because so, for instance, and I'm going to use popular culture again, Star Trek. This week's episode of Star Trek, you have an entire ca- you have a character to whom desperately needs help, and is just refusing to do so. Is being bitter angry and stuff like that and it's only and you can only see this slight changes as they are seeing as they're seeing their choices though but it's only if they can make their choices themselves can you get to that point and with a number of the programs that world service has been looking at they've pointed out that some best ways to get food to people is not to necessarily say that they're wrong but point them in the direction of bits of information that they may not have encountered that they may not do so the point of reference thing another example i was thinking was there was someone a few years ago i remember being in a conversation with them and there was a group of us and we're talking about christmas and and i'm mentioning it purely because we're coming up christmas but um this <laughs> this uh friend of mine, Surely it's april <laughs> <laughs> this friend of mine was really confused when we started saying well of course christmas it's changed. I went, no, it isn't. She said, and went, went, no, no, no. It was moved to the winter solstice to match with all the other people. And she had never known this. And we suddenly realised a load of a conversation where she'd been saying some strange things that hadn't fit what everyone else was saying was purely because the other three people in the conversation had all been talking on the same level and all known that, oh, we're already taking the assumption that we all know that Christmas was moved. Uh, traditionally, whereas um, one person struggled to understand that because they didn't know that's what we were talking about, and we didn't even say it out loud. But that, I mean, that's a really easy example, isn't it? To show it up as you know, it's factually to be able to 
pretty much to show that that's true. The harder one for me, and it still keeps coming up, and, and I'm sure between the four of us it's an issue, is, you know, people with different views in politics and it, and, and where that benchmark is. And yeah. lots of people have the benchmark being there's a, their there's view. A, there's, fact, <laughs> there's, a, there's fact, there's opinion, and then everything in between. And some topics are particularly emotive, aren't they? But I think you're right, yeah. Neil. I think I think it shows that there's this balance somewhere between accepting that someone has a different point of view, offering a different perspective, but then learning to stop when there's no point in doing that anymore. Whether that be someone not ready to accept help, not ready to see a different perspective, or not interested in observing other possibilities. And I think that's... So I, I, th I think that's probably another skill in itself, isn't it? So being able to understand that someone has a different opinion uh, or a different perspective or a different life experience and saying, oh, yeah, okay, yours is different from mine. Tell me about that. I'm willing to understand and hear it. That's empathy and perspective taking and stuff like that. But I think in terms of the current context and where we got onto this topic about all of the division and arguing and, and reacting to what's going on, I suppose what people aren't then able to do is say, okay, we're not going to meet on this or you're not willing to hear what I'm saying or I can't get past what you're saying, so let's just stop. And that doesn't happen, does it? I mean, I, I pride myself and I'm in not getting pulled into any stuff like that, but actually I don't, I don't say that that's a noble thing or a skill that I've got. I just recognise that that would be really bad for me. <laughs> um, so I tend not to get pulled into anything that anybody puts online, even if it's, even if I think it's ridiculous or even if I think it's, you know, uh, wrong or whatever. I think, well, what's the point? I'm not going to spend a lot of time bashing my head trying to shift someone else's perspective because I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, you get two questions of like there's a question of um why you're doing it why you're why you're why you're, in, why you're engaged in that activity to begin with well uh, yeah that's the motive that. yeah you're trying exactly. to change someone's mind or get them to yeah, see and, and, yeah. And, and what about i mean when we talk about paradigms the classic problem with paradigm is that they're incompatible fundamentally incompatible um which we might see from uh, a liberal left-wing perspective and a right-wing perspective the two just smash against each other at some point yeah they just they just don't agree uh, in some respects, and you have to decide whether or not that matters. Um, for the individuals on one side, of that I suspect it doesn't matter at all. Um, it, 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 on the other, on the other side, on the other side of it, people feel very passionately that other people should take that point of view, and that that perspective should be not just respected but listened to, and ultimately accepted and uh, utilized by the other side, which is is problematic. Yeah, but, you can go as far as listening and acknowledging, but. Um, but not necessarily accepting and taking on board, you know. Sure, I, 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 and that's fair. But I, and that, and on a like a personal like chatting level, that's fine. You know, it doesn't matter if you and I don't agree on something. It's not going to kill anyone. Um, it's not going to lead to crushing social inequality, uh, or you know, to to the, the planet being destroyed. Uh, however, um, if you go up from a personal scale to like the social scale, which I think is actually the stuff that Neil's talking about more, although mm -hmm. on a personal level, on a, on a larger scale, where we want to get, I don't know, respect for the environment embedded or the idea that a national health service is better than private health insurance. You have those things. It, start, it starts to change why it matters and why you're doing it. You know, it clearly matters if we want so if we whether we want someone to sell off our entire NHS and leave us all screwed. 
or whether or not we think that everyone deserves a right to that because they have autonomy as individuals, they have basic human rights, and that kind of thing. And at that, at that level of scale, the fact that we've got people in different paradigms that don't mesh can't simply be ignored. You know, you need to get the majority being on one side, and in a society like ours where we have some rough hint of a democracy, that's sufficient to make change happen because you can just ignore the people who are in the minority. And as long as the minority from your paradigm are in the wrong, it doesn't matter because you're okay. Um, it's a massive philosophical problem, like partly whether you engage, why you engage, and what's the ultimate purpose. And the problem with paradigms is you can't believe that someone else's paradigm is actually true. So why would you ever be convinced of that paradigm? All you're trying to seek to do is assert your viewpoint and get other people to not necessarily believe it or accept or understand it, but to allow it to take place and continue to persist. It's the religion versus science problem. The two aren't compatible fundamentally, but we've reached mostly a point where people go, okay, fine, have a God. Okay, don't believe in a God. Um, and most of the time, those two like abbreviated philosophies are compatible. But once you push right down to it, they, they, they start to fall apart and really rub up against each other. But we've reached a point where that one doesn't matter so much anymore on the whole. Well, I uh, think there's something about human nature and kind of, you know, thinking back about mental health, because, Matt, you, you, your point there about kind of a real need to really understand someone's perspective when they're suffering with mental health issues or having a rough time of things, you know. But I think I'm thinking about human nature. I think... I think as people, or as social beings, there's almost a need to feel heard and understood as well. So I think I think a lot of that can come into play into some of this. Relating it back to this current climate with, with the division and the arguing and the infighting and all of that kind of stuff. Sometimes I wonder if there's a, there's a bit of a drive for me to feel understood and almost that validated that someone else will kind of agree with where I'm coming from, that it legitimizes me somehow or you know do you know what i mean it's weird how the um even in this times you know we, we we still go through the same mistakes again don't we thinking that what the problem that we face is very very original and very specific to us no one else could possibly feel that or understand that and actually the thing i've found over the last few weeks and months with with, with covid you know with, with different things we had it on the last episode i said oh i felt like that and a few of you said oh i felt like that as well and subsequently mm. friends have said oh, i felt the same way as well and you know and our, our problems mental health problems um aren't unique and they're although they obviously are, are unique to the person in terms of how they feel yeah but they're felt by lots of people and um, so we should have more understanding and, and sympathy or empathy or whatever you want to call it because we can see that Psychology talks about something called individual differences and individual differences are the way in which we are all unique, but that we share being unique, if that makes sense. And so uh, you're right. There's probably like um, there's some kind of core truths that apply to us all, but then some deviation within the details of that kind of thing, you know. So I think you're right. As much as two people could butt heads on something, if you strip it back what it comes down to, they both want to feel heard and understood. And maybe there's, there's both kind of scared about what will happen next, you know. We share some kind of core experiences, don't we? It's, I think it's part of the human experience. So we I do, agree yeah. with that, Matt. 
you made me think of like the thing about being special, which is one of the things that you get a lot with um, analyses of conspiracy theories that people want to feel like they're the one who gets it. You know that, and, and part of that is feeling is, is feeling you know special and unique. You know, these are my experiences. This is, you know, I've got I've got this idea or whatever. And suddenly, when I finally went into counselling for being abused as a teenager, I think one of the things that was most shocking. I don't know if it was I don't know if it was genuinely helpful. Was was very much hearing like, oh yeah, this has happened to lots of people. <laughs> and you're like, oh great. Um, well, well, that's good, isn't it? Um, this is this is a common experience. Um, but also there, there was there's a sense of having that that feeling of uniqueness taken away. Yeah, uh, which was to, to hear to hear that we share that can in some ways be helpful as it normalizes it. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it could just as easily take away a part of your identity, couldn't it? It does. It, it diminishes it, especially if it's something that you've put, you've built a lot of stuff around. Like this thing about me is what makes me different, or has made me this way. And you're like, oh, loads of other people were also made this way and made different. Um, maybe I shouldn't be different. I don't know. It was. It, it felt oddly like a loss. Um, that makes and, sense. Uh, and, and I wonder if people have the same thing. You know, when 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 their views and feelings are challenged. Yeah, you know, this is this is my unique view. Yeah. On the other hand, it's. I think it, it is the thing for um, a lot of mental health issues. Um, hearing that someone else has been in the same place or has had some some parallel experience is is Something the bridge. Similar. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be the same. You know, you know, grief is many different things. For example, but knowing that someone else has felt loss of some kind is yeah. is enough. You know, and I think it's peculiar because you don't even need to talk about the details. Um, sometimes that sense of being empathised with is someone going. Yeah, I've I've had bad stuff happen too, and you know, that, peculiarly, without any context or without any detail, that can be sufficient to meet that. Um, what, what you were mentioning was of just that feeling of someone else noting and appreciating and accepting. You're like, yep, okay, we've all had a very bad day. <sighs> um, you know, without any detail, that that feels substantially better. We are peculiar, both complex and simple things uh, yeah. for what we're trying to do and what we want. And it's easy way overdo it. That's very well put. Very well put. There's something else over. Um, it's almost four years ago. There was a um, improv course that I think you were there as well, Nick, and such. Um, the guys who came over from Chicago, mm -hmm. and such. So. Um, oh yes. Okay. Yeah. So one of the parts of the exercise was to basically go: if you're in a scene with someone, how do you find a way to link your conversations if you're trying to do it and one of the concepts was consider that your conversation is a boat how do you both get in the same boat together and for instance if someone said that they had a toy like a bicycle that was personal to them you may never have had a bicycle like that but you could suddenly go well what is linked is it potentially well potentially you could join the conversation and say my uh, family member they're very much into that and you can have a conversation there all of a sudden you're able with your conversation to show an empathy towards each other and come together and the conversation continue and in the real world this works the same with normal conversations beyond just improvisation you can find commonality that allows the potential for empathy to grow because all of a sudden you can someone could be really really keen on cycling or something like that the other person doesn't really have an interest but they can join in and go yeah my, my cousin's a massive cyclist and all of a sudden the conversation can go and that ability even though you may not have a direct link 
that can help a conversation and it can help people get to points where they can feel better because it's not just stilted conversation where you don't seem to have anything in common and like we are all different but there are things that we can find that link each other and mm. thus can help breed something and then you might find there is actually other things you didn't know on certain levels you agree with when this uh, comes into politics as well people may have what would appear to be starkly different political ideologies and worldviews but you might also then find okay but on this subject both of us don't want anyone to suffer any physical harm or mental harm and all of a sudden you go well if we're talking on that point yes we can okay what what other things linked there and all of a sudden you can start a conversation that potentially means you go oh there is some commonality here and the issue is sometimes just butting heads against each other because you're not looking for where that commonality is and thus you can't find the empathy because potentially your emotions are so high that you're going, how can you not see this and not understand that there where the priorities are and then you go, well, where are our common priorities? So, I think it's a good example. I, I, a hat tip, I believe that was Jason and Colleen from Dummy, uh, who you're referring to. Um, what I liked from them is something I found, I found useful as well, which is like that. It, it, it's not just finding a thing that you have in common. It's for empathy in particular, it's the shared emotional state. Um, I might get very excited about Lego, um, but be talking to someone who's not, who doesn't care about Lego. Baffling, I know, but some people <laughs> are like that. Um, however, there's almost certainly something that they are similarly passionate about, and it might be something as tedious as football. Um, however, and, but it's very likely that we feel almost exactly the same way about our very different things. And the fact that we can speak with passion about uh, Lego or football and, and enjoy talking about how it makes us feel rather than the thing itself is a very good linking and joining factor between people. But that makes me think about what the point of empathy is. Empathy doesn't resolve the argument. It brings people together. Uh, resolving the argument may not be possible, uh, but it, it's the same as like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, is probably the, at the very heart of that. You, you, you don't agree but you both want to kill somebody else. <laughs> Sometimes that's enough to bring people together. It doesn't solve the war overall. <laughs> it solves your immediate problem of whether, whether or not you should kill each other. I think we should end on that, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sounds good. We've come to the, uh, the end of our time, I think. Yeah, we're pretty much there, aren't we? Um, it's been an interesting discussion, though, with lots of relations to what's going on, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, quick roundup. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are all useful tools to employ should you be seeing any of your family at Christmas, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, team up against the relative that everyone hates or don't see any of your relatives, but think of them fondly from a distance. Um, that They are both uh, aspects of empathy. And this year, of all years, there's a good chance you have an excuse to go, you know what, it wouldn't be healthy for us to be in the same place. In both senses of mentally. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I call myself in this day trying to think of all the stuff I need to get out of the way before the 31st hits so I can start the new year <laughs> without all this baggage. Um, I'm, I know that's not going to happen before anyone points it out, by the way. I know that. But, you know, <laughs> maybe mentally I can, you know, compartmentalise 2020, that's over there, and, and then this bright new year of hope and, and whatever else that's my thought whatever it means well, it's, a nice, it's a nice thought uh mm -hmm. yeah i suppose i'm just 
just struck by how many different ways you can end up thinking about this stuff around kind of what do we mean by empathy and sympathy and compassion and taking others' perspectives and understanding. There's so many kind of ways to look at it, isn't there? And we've thought about it in different ways. We've thought about it in context of mental health, in the context of the current situation and how emotive certain topics are. And yeah, I just think, I just think the more that someone can realise someone else is going to have a different opinion from me and that and that's okay um, and maybe just kind of pull in and focus back on me i think that would be much better for everyone but but i respect that people are in different places about that <laughs> <laughs> what well, one thing that I'd, I'd like to add at the end would be um uh someone i know who's a business coach they point out that when you're chatting to people like he does ethical sales for dentists and stuff is he points out and i may have talked about it before but how sometimes someone might need some help or something like that medically or what have you but it's not their priority and it's literally you can't make someone feel something that they don't feel but all you can do is find out what are their priorities and sometimes literally all that is is talking to the person and understanding that and then potentially if you can offer them options and or point them in the right direction you can maybe highlight how maybe some of their concerns do actually mean that they need to take action or something like that and seek help be it mental health or in the in his situation he's talking mostly to dentists for dental help but it is a case of getting them to realize okay well what do you want to do okay what about these things and nothing those there but literally understanding where their priorities are because for instance it could be that there's something seriously important in their mind in this case fair enough that's your priority but if you aren't willing to listen to someone you can't get to that stage where if you are able to help them and even then sometimes speaking to them you may realize oh what you would suggest may have actually not be right you need to find out what is for that person what would work for them better stuff all righty Cool. I think we are sorted. Well, I'll, um, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. See well, that's it, guys. Bye. If you've been affected by anything that we've talked about tonight, that's cool. We were kind of hoping you would be. If you haven't been affected by anything tonight, then that's great too. You're probably fine. Of course, if you say you're fine, there's a good chance you aren't. So you might also have been affected. And if you've been affected before, you probably will be again. Please talk to someone. It can get better, and together we can survive. We are what we overcome. And this poor little boy Grounded by the sun Paler by his side for some big stride